0: Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it
1: for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at
0: allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax.
1: The show that takes you home. The home stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM 94.5 FM and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Deeper! Welcome to Home Stretch, ESPN at Kansas City. Sterling Holmes live in studio on what has been a nice feeling Thursday. Right, I mean the 32 degrees compared to the past. This feels toasty. Heat wave. Dylan behind the glass. Dylan, how are you?
2: I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm
1: good. Besides my knuckles, man. My knuckles are just bloody. Like it looks like I've played bloody knuckles. It looks like I've played the drinking game hockey and just getting pelted with quarters. The cold sucks, dude. As a man who washes his hands a good amount, this blows. Hate the cold. Itchy. Dry. Miserable. Give me some humidity. Give me anything. Who would have thought that I'd be here clamoring for Humidity. Remind me when it's 100 degrees and I'm sweating my ass off that I'm sitting here going, yeah, I wanted this. But yeah, guess what I do? I would take 100 degrees with 80% humidity well over this any day of the week.
2: I love how, and I'm guilty of this, so that's why I'm saying this, I'm, I feel like we're together in this, how people from this area or regions like this that have all seasons like to boast or stick their chest uh, out about it. But then also have this line of thinking where, please get me out of this season as soon as possible. Oh, and, I, and I'm the same person. No. I agree. Spring, summer especially, right. and no, fall. No, yeah, I, I love summer. Now, I,
1: I, when people can play about 100 degrees, I'm sorry. I love me. that. I love that. Because I can go to the beach. Not to the beach. I can go to the lake. I can go to the pool. So I lived in for Philly man. for three years, so I used to just drive to Jersey, drive an hour and a half uh, east, and just go to the beach. Okay. So that's fine. Go to the lake, go to the pool. Take the top off the Jeep. Walk outside shirtless. Do a lot of things when it's hot outside. I can't do this. I mean, if you take your shirt off right now, you're a psychopath. You're getting frostbite. Ain't happening. Hate the cold. You and I were laughing before the show because it was the Geico commercial. When you're like, you never know when you might need this. Then it was Siding. And I laugh because I am the same, but I have just a, I don't know, like 50 feet worth of gutters in my garage. Because when, you know, you never know when you might need some gutters. I have so much gutter in my garage, it's taken up like two shelves worth. And yeah, that's how you know you're old when you have the shelves built in in your garage, okay? You gotta have a nice storage spot there. Do you have like... Anything in your garage that you're like, when am I ever going to use this, but you just won't throw it away, because for me, it's gutters.
2: Uh, bathroom tile. Mm,
1: got a lot of that, too. Which is about to come in handy, by the way, because some of mine cracked, and I got to actually redo some I tile. I feel
2: like that is something you want to just keep.
1: Yeah, I got, I got bathroom That's tile. That's something that does need Flooring. I have some, some nice tile flooring still.
2: Yeah. Things that are hard to match, I would yeah. say, or costly to match, I would keep, but... sure trying to think of something mine is the plastic target sacks or walmart sacks or any of those types of grocery plastic bags that i apparently think i'm going to use in the little tiny trash cans that i have around my house yeah so i have about a lifetime and a half's worth
1: well so i used to be that guy and quite frankly, they're great in the summertime, too. If you want to bring a cooler somewhere, but you don't want to leave it, you, you, you fill it with ice, put Absolutely. your beers in there, and you throw it away. Yes. Fine. Many things. Many things. Many things Many. of that ilk. Many things of that ilk, yeah. Um, but I ended up actually buying a, a which Costco, and I, I bought those trash can like the mini trash cans you keep in your bathroom, those little liners, right? Well, I didn't look at the the bucks. And I guess I didn't realize how many like 500 or 1000 were. Dude, I'm still on the first roll. You know how they come in, like four different rolls. I'm still on the first roll and I've had them for 3 years. So I stopped keeping all of my um Target and grocery bags. There you go. All right. I thought this was funny. So I'm going to start with this Miami tight end Cam McCormick confirmed today that he'd be returning to play for the Hurricanes in 2024. Do you know who uh, Cam McCormick is? you know how many years this will be in college football for Cam McCormick? Nine. Do you know that he started his career? We actually have college overlap, me and Cam McCormick. Wow! Not like like the same school. No, I know what you mean. But but that's that's still so crazy. He started in twenty sixteen. I graduated in twenty sixteen. I am twenty nine years old. There is zero chance that I should be. How when was he born? I want to see when he was born. Mm, show me, show me when you were born. It's not it's not showing up right here. Cam McCormick age. Yeah, he's 25. I I see now that they don't have it listed on there for probably this exact reason. Cam McCormick is 25, going into his ninth year. So that means he'll probably be 26, right, at some point during the season? It's actually young. I thought he'd be older than 20 in this age. Dog, if we have overlap in college... You should not be playing college football. I'm sorry. I understand you want to keep playing. I understand this probably means, hey, you're not going pro, so this is the last ride, which, quite frankly, he posted on on Twitter saying last ride. But I'm sitting here going, dude, you're a grown man. I, I, I can't sit here and say he should be playing college football still.
2: This is absurd to me, man absurd it's kind of it's not the same he's like the same age as the aussie rules punters that are starting to get scholarships as well which i don't really have an issue with but a little different people everyone's going to be mad about something basically and i'm sure that someone will come and grandstand about this in some form or fashion but if you can get by the rules i'm sure there's plenty of kids you know, oh, I get less it. Deserving of the loophole that this kid's found in the past, but also, well, what position again? Uh, yeah, tight, tight end. end. That's yeah. right. I mean, you better have a really good degree, or so, you, there's got to be. You have to have something to show for it. You can't just be like, I played nine years of college football to be like, well, what? you just. You just, just kept going. Dog, it takes seven years to get a law degree Yeah. to be a doctor. <laughs> I played the Tommy Boy part earlier. A lot of people go fits. to college
1: for seven years. Dude, I am. Yeah, man, it's just, this makes me. It's unfair, dude. It's unfair. Uh, Luka Doncic is about a year and a half, two years younger than this guy. Like, a top five player in the NBA. How old is Giannis? Giannis. On to Kumpa. How old is he? 29. Okay, now Giannis is older. Giannis is actually older than I thought. I thought he was going to be younger. That's not a good comp. I just.
2: Is he older than Hawkinson?
1: Ooh, I know he's uh, he's older than Dalton Kincaid. I
2: was going to say, I, well, yes. But I'm trying to think of oh, how many About the same age.
1: Ends. Hawkinson's 26. They're, okay. they're about the same age right there. Hawkinson's about the same age. Uh, that's a good one. Noah Gray, maybe. How old's Noah Gray? Wow. Much older than Noah Gray. Noah Gray is 24 still. <laughs> Dude, I mean, again, I don't blame the player because I get it. You always want to play at the highest level. What is he going to do after this? He's not going Pearl. I get that. You want to extend it. But for the NCAA, this is getting crazy. Four different years he's missed due to injury. He registered a year. He had a COVID year. And now his ninth year. <laughs> Wild. Would you do that? Would you play nine years in college football? Crazy.
2: I'm just reading a comment from Ronnie here, and I just wanted to make a point off of that. He better go for like 1,500 yards.
1: Yeah, grown man, grown
2: again. You you are. You're an older. You're an older man against a bunch of kids. You should at least have a thousand yards, right?
1: Ronnie goes. Grown man in a kids game. It's weird. Your age of an average NFL player, but still in college. I'm gonna look up NFL average age. Average age. Twenty six.
2: So he's already past his prime the Rams, in the, NFL the, Rams in
1: the Rams were 25.87. Um, this year, the youngest team, Packers at age 25, which is younger. The average age of the Packers this year was younger than this kid. I guess this man, this elderly gentleman. He's not a kid. Again, I don't blame him. I'm blaming the NCAA. That, that, that's what, what gets my ire. So, injuries suck. They happen, happens in the NFL too, happens in your job, happens all around. But nine years in college, that ain't what this was meant for.
2: So how does it work? He has to take two red shirts, right?
1: Yeah. You only get two. COVID, then then COVID, four years of injury, four years, not one, not two, not three, but four yeah, years. Four injury years. Four red injury shirt. years. And then, and then this year, plus your normal years.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Mike McCarthy on returning to the Cowboys says, buy into us. You buying in?
2: Sure, yeah. <laughs> they're good in the regular season. <laughs> and the East is terrible. So, Let's be real now, man. The East is a paper tiger. Yeah. That's exactly what it is every single season. But we'll get I think every they- other week, Sunday Night Football will feature one of those teams and... We'll watch. Everyone will tune in and be pissed and talk about how, you know, BS it is that Jerry runs the league, television, all this, yada, yada. But we'll watch, and it's terrible football. But someone's got to win the division. Someone's got to win, you know, two games against the commanders and, excuse me, the football team. The football team, yeah. The Giants. Yeah. but so.
1: I will say the, the Giants getting Daniel Jones back. Could they be a sleeper next year? They yeah, weren't Daniel good this Jones year. this
2: year, and they weren't good. Yeah, they weren't good. When he was out no, there. No, They were bad.
1: Uh, all right, Mike Tomlin isn't going anywhere. Um, he says that the, his fire for the job has intensified, and that he expects to get a contract extension this offseason. I would be shocked if the Steelers, A, moved on. That's not happening. And B... My thought was, does he still want to be the Steelers head coach? This answers the question there. It almost feels like he should be in the running for coach of the year. Now, he shouldn't win it, but when you go to the playoffs with Mason Rudolph, when you've won games with dudes like Duck Hodges, when Kenny Pickett looks like a bust and you're winning games with them in the tough AFC North, you gotta get some sort of consideration. Mike Tomlin is a damn good head coach, very good. Uh, some other news around the NFL: John Harbaugh says Mark Andrews' plane is still up in the air. This would be crazy if Mark Andrews played. This feels like. Uh, do you think be a rush? I don't know if it's a rush back. They know more than we do. But you saw what happened. We thought he was out for the year for sure. That was November sixteenth. January 18th, a couple months later, playing in a playoff game seems pretty darn crazy. Um, I mean, originally, they thought it was a season-ending injury. Um, To speed up his recovery, though, Mark Andrews bought a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Dude wants to make it back. Uh, I will say, if he does play at any point during the playoffs, how scary is that Ravens team? Isaiah likely has really come into his own. You run 12 personnel with Andrews, Isaiah Likely gives you a better chance to run the football as well as you're kind of dictating what the defense can put under the field at this point. Whew. The Ravens are already the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. They roll out Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely in 12 personnel, and that, to me, is it's unfair. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it just adds another thing that they haven't really shown all season in the most important game for them. Yeah. which is the next one. <laughs> exactly. Playoff one. But it's just I don't know if it's it. I, I want to believe that they're going to do it, but I have to see it. Everyone just keeps saying that. So obviously they're going to do they're going to probably blow out the Texans by 20 points because of the narrative, whatever the narrative seems to be, don't you always seem to feel like the opposite happens after the fact? Sure. Because of the repetitive. Nobody believes in us type mentality that, that those type of statements will conjure up, I'm just like the Mahomes hasn't played a road game, yeah, which or the Bills haven't played the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah. Those two things, I feel like, cancel each other out a little bit in this game coming up for us.
1: What I find interesting with the Ravens, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you have the same thoughts, everyone keeps bringing up Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, and the Ravens in the playoffs. Part of me is sitting sitting back going,
2: you know, I understand where... I understand parties hosted by Odell in the playoffs as well. I can't. <laughs>
1: Well, I understand where people are coming from, right? When they say Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, when the Ravens in the playoffs, but they haven't always had Lamar healthy in the playoffs. That's massive. And not just that. This is the best Ravens team we have seen. I know they've had some good regular seasons with Lamar Jackson, and then they've made it to the playoffs as a relatively high seed, but I think you're fooling yourself if you think this is the same old Ravens. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they lose and get their ass kicked. But I'm looking at this team going. Okay, that's great and all. The Ravens ha- haven't had a offense that's been this north-south. They haven't had an offense where receivers can actually get open and catch the ball. This is also, I think, the best defense the Ravens have had in the Lamar Jackson era. They've stepped up a notch. And by the way, I think this is the best Lamar Jackson has played overall. Uh, Todd Munkin again, I said, was the biggest offseason signing. He's looked phenomenal as the OC been a massive upgrade over Greg Roman I'm sitting here going this Ravens team feels different to me than in the past are you in the same boat or you think it's the same old okay that's great and all but it's Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in the playoffs
2: no I feel like they're different I feel like again everything that everyone is assuming is the case is going to go the opposite direction I I Previewing this. Take care, because I'm gonna have to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think that this is the Bills' 20, 2006 Colts season. The the Bills or the Ravens? The Bills. Okay. I don't think the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. I think the Bills are. Hear me out. Either we are going to wow. end their run. This is over. It ends Sunday with us beating them again in their house with everything that they wanted and said that they needed to get over the hump against the Chiefs. Or we are the win that propels them to their franchise's first Super Bowl. And that is my opinion. That is the two forks that you can go from our divisional game on Sunday. The Ravens beating the Texans is not going to be the emotional boost that the Bills beating the Chiefs will be for the next game. Would you agree?
1: (laughs) Agreed. Could would you also you, make the case, though, if the Bills beat the Chiefs, that is their Super Bowl, and they come out flat? Nah, no. Okay.
2: Just because I would say only if they were hot all season. I think that them peaking late and sure. having to play playoff type football that it doesn't, it wouldn't sure. match with that. Now, if you're saying like they were the two seed because they went the entire season, they're twelve and five, maybe. Yes, I would actually be not having this take, to be honest. Okay. I just think because of everything that's happened, they were dead. Nobody believed in them. And then also the fact that I feel like one day we're all going to be saying, if Kadarius Tony lines up six inches back, the Bills don't have any Super Bowls. I feel sure. like that, that is going to be something that's said. I just – it just feels like their season too much. But that also goes to my other point is if we're the villains to that magnitude where we just end a season that really looks like – I mean, they – Feel like a Super Bowl team right now more than us. The way that the season's kind of been going,
1: I think they did until last week. I, 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 I would have uh, honestly, sure. Dylan, but I would have, I would have agreed with you. The everything you just said would have agreed with you until last week.
2: I, I really just hope the Dolphins aren't a bad measuring stick for everyone to think that we're back because we beat a team that really didn't want to be there.
1: Don't disagree, but part of me saw what I needed to see in regard to the Chiefs' win. I, no, pa- I agree. Pa- pa- so. Part of me... Uh, g- g- the- hear me out for one second. Yeah, do. yeah. The Chiefs didn't do anything wonky. It wasn't like the Chiefs all of a sudden in the red zone got there and scored every time down the field. It wasn't like we saw something different. No, we saw the defense still be elite. We saw that they can tackle damn well, cold or warmth. We saw that they can run the football. And what we saw was a bigger... Um, bigger focus on the three best weapons, Kelsey, Rice, Pacheco. We didn't see
2: anything crazy. We didn't see a McCall Hardman breakout game. I totally totally am with you on all these points. The only thing is that we have to play a more perfect football game to win than they do, in my opinion.
1: I don't know if I agree with that. I I, I
2: think that someone made a great point today, and it was actually a Bill's guy that was on the Mina Khan show. He was saying that do you trust the Chiefs if a team makes them go the long way not to make one mistake, not to drop one pass, not to run the no, run at no, no. once? No, no, no. Do I, I, I don't
1: disagree. But, but what I do think is, and this is why I said special teams is going to be such a big factor in this game, the Chiefs have Harrison Butker, which alleviates some of the perfection. Now, you want to score touchdowns over field goals. That, that's not news to anyone. But when you have a defense as talented as Kansas City, they're going to hold the Bills to most likely 20 points and under. Would you agree with that? Because if it is a high-scoring game, yeah, I think the Bills win in a shootout. If that's the way you're going with this, the issue is I don't think it's a shootout. I don't think it's going to be reliant on the offenses having to put up 30-plus points a game. To me, what's going to come down to is Mahomes is going up against a banged-up Bills defense. Can this team and the receivers and the weapons do enough? While the Bills, they're going up against the Chiefs defense, which is absolutely elite. And by the way, again, I know we've, we've talked about it ad nauseum. That was Nick Bolton's first game back. He was struggling to figure out how to play with that with that wrist. Tranquil wasn't, Tranquil wasn't
2: there. there. It was Pacheco. I agree. I just think that the way that they their their game is much more and I know that it's all the same in the playoffs for everyone. Everyone wants to win the Super Bowl every year no matter what. It's just by rule of the circumstance they're more hungry. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to say anyone's not coming up for this game. But they have us in their house. They've never won. They've never beat us. And they have no window. It's over. Sure. After this season, it's kind of done. You you,
1: you don't think the Cowboys had all the pressure on them and they folded?
2: Sometimes you have all the pressure on yourself. And, and, and again, there's – But that's to the other – season if you think about it they were hot all season They're sure up on bad teams and everyone's picking them up and then they get right and the, they they weren't even in playoff mode i'm pretty sure they did they sit their guys last no they didn't they, they, had, they, yeah, to play. They, had, they had to play but there wasn't an urgency like the bills had where it's like if you lose one game
1: you're, you, you're toast I, I get that but but part of me is sitting here going The Bills have all the pressure for a multitude of reasons. I've talked about it last night. I don't want to dive too deep into it. But again, obviously, you're looking at a potential – Situation where if the Bills lose at home, if not now, then win. You have 30-plus-year-old safeties. Tredavious White is injured yet again. Matt Milano is injured yet again. Uh, Leonard Floyd, a veteran pass rusher, has been your best pass rusher all season long. Obviously, Ed Oliver is very, very good. That's on the inside, which, again, he's going up against the best interior offensive line, most likely, in the entire NFL. We saw what they did to Christian Wilkins, very talented in his own right. You're looking at a Bills team where Stephon Diggs has been uh, this perpetual unrest, it feels like, in regards to getting knocked out of the playoffs year after. After year after year. Gabe Davis, who, again, I don't think is great. I don't think a lot of Bills fans think is great. Guess what? He's up for contract. What do you do? Khalil Shakur's been a nice piece. Dawson Knox, I believe, is up for contract as well. Dalton Kincaid, you hit on. I'm sitting here going, they've not had great drafts. Sean McDermott has had a lot of situations coming under fire. In, if he didn't go on the streak, I think he was out. I think he was gone.
2: But if you lose... I mean, he might be... If he still loses the Chiefs, he might be. Just because, again... You're not going to look at Jim Harbaugh to pair with Josh Allen? What was that? I I was saying, like, he might be out if he doesn't win this game still because you're not going to look into Jim Harbaugh coaching Josh Allen and your team. That's the worst thing that could happen. To be honest, I almost said it the week of the Bills-Chiefs games that the silver lining to the McDermott run if we lose this game would be that Jim Harbaugh won't be a Buffalo Bills head coach. Sure. Because...
1: You're probably not That's the bell yet. of the ball. Yeah.
2: If that job comes open and he's the bell of the ball, it's gonna just the Chargers are done.
1: I'm just sitting here going, you saw the Bills are more talented than the Cowboys, but they have a similar storyline over the past few seasons where it's really good in the regular season, they make the playoffs, they're a two seed, a three seed, they're up there, and they get knocked out.
2: But This one, they're not. Remember, the, and, and remember, it was the the Bills were the other AFC seed. team. They were saying the Jaguars were going to go to the Super Bowl. They were no, the no, one if,
1: if anyone said that, you're, you're it's Colin Coward. Yeah, that, but, that, was, no, that was come on. I know, who, I know,
2: I know. Who, who was a? That's always like you been a crazy. I've a Jags truther like that, all year. Like, reference on your work cited is uh, Colin Coward. Who's been a Jags truther all season long? Um,
1: this guy. So, but my point is, if they start off slow, you're. Let's just say the Chiefs let the Bills win the toss. The Bills are most likely going to defer. Right, Chiefs get the ball first.
2: I hate that omen already. Whenever we lose the toss, I always feel... It's bad for the uneasy. Chiefs,
1: typically. But the, let's see the Chiefs go out and score. Just how the Packers did against the Cowboys. Cowboys started playing tight. They got tight quick. The, the, the feeling went from, oh, we should beat this team. We're at home. To, oh, bleep, we got a game. A little different here. The, the Bills aren't going to just roll over because they're not this... They're not a massive favorite. They're a three-point favorite at home, which basically means, uh, by traditional thinking, it's a pick-em game on a neutral site. But I'm sitting here going, okay, the Chiefs score on the first drive. Josh Allen, who has 18 interceptions this year. Does he throw a pick six? Does he try and do too much? If that's the case... I think you're looking at a route. You're looking at a, a situation where the Bills fans, all of a sudden, the all the emotion of excitement and table jumping and tables on fire, all that goes, that was great pregame. Game has started. You have a,
2: oh, my gosh, not again. Chiefs don't have that. And it's funny. The reason it's like in that 2006 season, guess who the Colts had to play in the AFC Championship to get to the Super Bowl? the patriots. And the patriots actually got up 21 to 3 on them and they came back and won the game. So it can it, there's a lot of possibilities that can happen. I just I just have a feeling about it being like if not now when as to why they win if that makes sense. Like it's like a it is their Super Bowl, but it's not the end of the journey if that makes sense. Like they have like, they've been playing a bunch of pseudo-playoff games. Sure. These next three games are their Super Bowls. Uh, agreed. Because this is the Chiefs, and they have to get over this hump. Then, obviously, the AFC Championship is the Super Bowl in itself. And then...
1: How long can you play with every game being win or go home?
2: I, I hope you're right. Actually. Because,
1: because again, it, there's a thing, I think, in basketball, too. It, 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 maybe more in basketball than in football, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some similarities here. You know when a team's down 20... Yeah. And this is a single-game scenario here. Not not full, but just yes. a team's down 20. They claw their way back. They finally get it close. And then what happens? They typically run out of steam. It happens all the time. You use all your energy to get here. And then you actually get there You go, damn, I am banged up. I'm gassed. I have nothing left in the tank. Bills, when they find that wall, we'll see. Maybe they don't hit that wall. But I think that is a legitimate concern is they've, as you mentioned, Every game has been a playoff game for, like, eight weeks now. At some point, you're going to hit a wall. Will it happen against the Chiefs?
2: One point here, though. To devil's advocate my own point and be on your side, and also the thing that I'm telling myself to, you know, get these bad feelings out, the Bills last... games, you know that they were going on that hot streak. Let me name the teams here and, and let's kind of they were great do a teams. Little,
1: great teams. No, I'm
2: saying though, but look at how their seasons have ended. I'm actually I'm actually discrediting that. Sure. It's the Eagles. Yeah. The Cowboys. Yeah. Chargers, Patriots, Chiefs without Drew Tranquil or Pacheco and Nick Bolton back and also our guy lined up in the wrong position or else we really would have won that game. And yeah, so those teams that oh, uh, my bad, the Dolphins as well. So all three of those teams are bounced in the first round that they, everyone's kind of, and myself included, is using as their foundation for the argument that it's their time and they're on the magical destiny run that I think they're on. I hope not. I hope that that is actually what you're saying to your credit and actually backs up your point is that this is the wall of an actually formidable foe with all their guys in tow and a new system and a new way to attack and a new way to generate offense and also the defense is the same. Yeah. With more guys. Yeah. than The last time you played. Maybe I'm talking myself back on. You know what? No. No. We, we need it. someone to Not be glad a, we a, a hater. It glad uh, we talked it through.
1: Let's take a break. I want to come back with something really funny. Um, regards to Manning cast and somehow I'm in it uh, on Omaha Productions. Uh yeah pretty funny. Uh we'll we'll come back and I will explain this. We'll also play a little bit of Chiefs audio home stretch ESPN Kansas City. <laughs> Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN at Kansas City. All right, I teased you. Now I'm going to please you. Nah, not really. Um, Omaha Productions, which is, you know, the main cast with Eli and, and Peyton, they put out a We Love Our Manning Cast Fans, and it's like, I don't know, 10 different tweets from throughout the year or so, eight to ten tweets of the year that they just took a screenshot of and posted on a really cool little graphic. Guess who's on there? Guess who made the cut, Dylan? I assume you would know since I'm the one doing this.
2: Uh, Brisco.
1: Your boy. Your boy made the cut. If you go to the bottom right photo and go to the bottom right in said photo, you'll see... Good old me saying, Mahomes wears the same pair of red underwear every game day. He says he at least washes them. Manning cast asking the questions we need answers to. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Made it. Thank you to uh, Omaha Productions. Do you think they want to bring me on as a third Manning, or... Good. I interviewed... Eli ending this year, and I asked him, I was like, hey, you guys doing any interviews for the third? I saw that commercial, right? You think that I can be the third one? He didn't He didn't say yeah, so.
0: Uh, tough.
1: But, but then I see this. So, Eli, you're giving me mixed signals right now. You didn't respond, and then now you do this?
2: Eli, do you want me or no? There's competition. And there's like eight other guys. But... Better to be in the top eight than not. Yeah, see? So.
1: See? We're, we're getting somewhere now. Now we're getting somewhere. All right. I want to play some Chiefs audio from today. Let's start off with uh, Steve Spagnuolo talking about. Drew Tranquil, Charles Amenehu. Um Here is Spags.
3: To me, the most impressive thing with those three guys, especially Mike and Drew, because of the positions they play in the uh what you're needed mentally to pick up everything uh, has been as good as I've probably had in a free agent, two free agents coming in. Charles, it's a little bit different because it's D-line. It's not quite as taxing. But And, you know, we lost Charles for a little bit. But those three guys, and what's really nice about that, you know, you ask that question, it just kind of pops in my mind, and the credit goes to Brett Veach and his guys. But that's one at each level. You know, if you could if you could bank on doing that every year in free agency, wouldn't that make a huge difference, right? But they've been, you know, listen. And Brian Cook, let, let's not forget Brian. I mean, that's a starter that we don't have now, and yet I think Mike has stepped in there, and we haven't skipped the beat in the chemistry. We know what happened when Nick got dinged, and uh, we didn't have to back off in anything, you know, not in scheme or the way we played because Drew stepped in there. So I think. What they did stepping in, I, th- I think, speaks volumes to how important they've
1: been. Good point. One at each level in free agency, right? You, you you brought in Drew Tranquil, Charles Aminehu, and Mike Edwards, and you've needed all three. Obviously, Charles Aminehu was brought in to be a starter. He was suspended six games, but still, he's in to be a starter. But Drew Tranquil was a depth piece. Mike Edwards was a depth piece. They're getting starters' minutes right now, starter snaps at this point, at least at some point throughout the season. And guess what? They've stepped up and made huge impacts. That is a credit to Brett Veach, one, for bringing them in, but two for identifying talent, for understanding what will fit. Obviously, I give Spag some credit for implementing this into their their obviously rotation, their lineup, but. We have, and rightfully so, myself, (laughs) at the forefront of ripping on the Jawan Taylor signing. But you gotta give credit where credit is due. Tranquil, Mike Edwards, and Charles Aminahu, all three have been massive, underrated, impactful signings in free agency. Maybe a wide receiver could be next, huh? What do you think? No, uh, no I, I, I gotta be nicer I c- c- Come on, he's hitting a lot of things Who? Veach, wide receivers hasn't really been one uh, Rasheed Rice though No, I agree, just outsource
2: the one. scouting Of wide receivers to the Steelers Or yeah. Vikings
1: Um, Who else? Vikings is a good one too it's Texans yeah. Nico Collins Tank Dell, those are third rounders
2: Cowboys seem to do well as well
1: Rams, Puka Nakua, yeah, wouldn't suck. Uh,
2: all right, let's talk more with Spaggs.
1: Spaggs talking about Josh Allen.
3: You know uh, well, just about everything. Um, you know, the size of the arm, the mental aspect of it, um, and then you add, add, add in his running ability. To me, when you put that tape on and he's running, in the way he makes people miss at six five and whatever he is to me is amazing i don't i don't know where you've ever seen that i mean some of the other athletic quarterbacks in the league you know but he's he can be a full he could he could probably play fullback in this league tight end right he could probably be an offensive tackle a defensive end a linebacker and be an all pro at all of them i mean i'm you know i'm not, really not kidding if he wanted to do that but he happens to be a quarterback that can throw the ball real well. To me, they've become really challenging. The run game now is surfacing with Cook. they got both their tight ends now. I think tight ends are hard to take out of a game. you know. It's a, some, in some regards, it might be when you can find a wide out. But the, these two tight ends and having two of them, and then you throw the quarterback in there like you're talking about, it just makes it extremely difficult to defend. And we just got to be on point. And the things that we do, and we're going to need all 11 guys wherever the ball ends up, whoever they give it to. Sounds simple, but I mean, it's hard to do.
1: And if you've listened to me at all as this game we're leading up to, what I've said, 12 personnel and how the Chiefs handle it against the Bills will be probably the difference maker. James Cook, obviously, will he's going to like run out of 12 personnel because that's two tight ends and seven extra wide receiver, typically better blocking. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, both very good at pass-catching tight ends as well. Dalton Kincaid got a little, a little Kelsey in him, right? Uh, Just just watching him Again, he's not Travis Kelsey. That's not what I'm trying to say But I'm saying you watch him And you're like, wow You see a little bit of the What makes him so special Um, Big hat tip to uh, what Dalton Kincaid has done as a rookie But again, Josh Allen I know folks have been upset about the fake slide If we're being transparent Patrick Mahomes has done that before as well let's, Let's call a spade a spade Does not matter it ain't going to get changed before this game, so you can't complain about it. Which is really funny. Think about this, Dylan. How many how many rule changes have come out after Bills games? Like, how many times in the playoffs have, have, has a rule change happened? Hypothetically speaking here, you could actually find and make a case for another rule change happening after a Bills playoff game, which would be fake sliding with quarterbacks. That'd be really funny if it actually does happen. Um, Mahomes and Josh Allen probably the two biggest culprits of that. Kenny Pickett in college is the most famous example of that. Uh, when he was there with um, Pitt, when he broke off like a 70-yard run and did that. But, again, Chiefs defense is going to have to have their hands full. And I keep saying the linebacker, specifically, James Cook in the backfield, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, and Josh Allen running the football. I've heard people say, well, what about Shamari Connie? You want to go three safety? I go, yeah, you can. That's a little light box then at that point, right? If that's a light box, they're going to run the football a lot. I don't know if I like the chances there. I think you got to hopefully find a way to get it done with Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, and, yes, Leo Chanel. Let's talk about one of the best moments in the previous game, and that was LeJarious Sneed going up against Tyreek Hill. Here is Sneed talking about jamming Tyreek.
4: Right, you know, everybody was happy for me, but, you know, I've been doing it all year, you know. It's just something that it's Tyreek, so they made it big, what it was, but, you know.
0: What did uh, Spagnola say?
4: Uh, he was happy for me, you know. He was like a proud dad. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: saw uh, Tyreek on Twitter. said he jammed him all the way to Cancun. Did you see that?
4: Yeah, so I, I actually coming up under and laughed at him. Yeah. And I think it was kind of funny.
1: I love that. I've been doing it all year because this Tyreek, you know, blew up. What, what I do love and what I think is interesting, have you, hear me out here. Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Charvarius Ward what do those three guys have in common personality wise
0: uh,
2: quiet but confident
1: yes yeah I know this is like a, a minor thing and, and this is me maybe making something a ant a, a, uh, hill out of a out of a couple, what was A mountain out of a molehill. There we go. It's a mountain out of an anthill. Yeah.
2: Or, or both. Or there There's we a, go. I don't, know. I don't know. I've never seen a molehill. Yeah. See more anthills. Making
1: a larger deal than it probably really is, but the Chiefs seemingly like guys, for the most part, who are more reserved, a little quieter, but they're still confident. Because you have to have the confidence as a cornerback. Like, there are some cornerbacks who are good and who chirp. There's some cornerbacks who are okay and they chirp. There's some cornerbacks like Eli Apple who are bad and who chirp. But this Chiefs team, especially at corner, they seemingly like guys who are team first, not me first. And that doesn't mean that they're not great players and not deserving of all pros. Javarius Ward just got one in San Fran. LeJarrius Sneed is deserving of one. And by the way, Trent McDevitt just got one. But I wonder how much... They like these guys, and they value players who might be a little quieter and aren't me first. I love Marcus Peters. So when I say anti-Marcus Peters, I'm not taking a shot at Marcus Peters. I said a lot about the Chiefs' current corners. But I'm saying it's a philosophy. What did Marcus Peters do? He forced a lot of turnovers, but he got burnt at times. He didn't like to tackle. That's not part of his game. What do the Chiefs' current corners do? They're quiet. Soft-spoken, they love to tackle, they don't force a lot of turnovers. I mean, you can say Trent McDuff with the forced fumbles, but as far as actually intercepting the ball, it's not what they do. They stay in the hip pocket, and they do jam, they're physical, but they aren't going to let you hear it, besides Legarius in the fourth quarter of this past game. That was great to watch. Something I've noticed is, I wonder if the Chiefs have found something that fits their system, and part of it comes with guys who are a little quieter, so confident, but not as big of a... Me first, dudes. I just find this a little interesting that they've hit on three straight guys. Again, one was a trade for Treverius, obviously, but still, I think the, the point still remains. Uh, all right. Next one on Legereus need about Stefan Diggs.
4: Uh, you know, he's a great receiver. Smart, you know, a great rock runner. And I think that's why he's been hard working. That's why he's been one of the top receivers in the league.
0: He's a great talker.
4: Yeah, he's definitely a talker. I know too, though.
1: <laughs> a quiet talker, huh? Stephon Diggs is kind of the same way, right? No, 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 no. I saw your face. He's a talker. But not like Jamar Chase.
2: And maybe not even like Tyreek Hill. Maybe I'm like... Mixing it up because he's quite a talker to his own teammates. Yes, that that that's what I'm. That's what I'm mixing up. So yes, you're right. Does do, do that make sense? Like, yes, it's no, not I, like yeah.
1: Jamar Chase or uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson for uh, Detroit. The safety is just chirping at the other team for no apparent reason. Stephon Diggs, he chirps, but it seems like it's in the uh, the flow of the game, or it's like with his team. It's more. It's not as much a I'm gonna kick your ass or uh, or this guy's a bum, and maybe I'm wrong, but. I'm looking forward to this matchup of a great route runner against a very physical corner. Stephon Diggs has actually, quite frankly, had a really disappointing year from the second half on. He started off extremely hot, and he's really uh, tapered down as the season's progressed. Um, Part of that comes from, I think, the OC change where they focus more on the tight ends and the running back, which, by the way, Dylan, you know what's interesting? Stephon Diggs' numbers have gone down. What has the team done for the Bills? They've won games. They've been more physical. I'm not saying there's this uh, direct correlation here or causation here, but it's something to monitor of. They've now focused more or or less on Stephon Diggs is still great, but we're not going to force feed him the ball. We're going to focus on the middle of the field, and he'll still have his opportunities for one-on-ones. Stephon Diggs does not worry me in this game for Kansas City. I I think Sneed locks him up yet again. I'm not worried about Khalil Shakur or Gabe Davis against Trent McDuffie. I'm worried again about Dalton Knox and or Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. Can they can they switch their names, please? Like how many times am I going to have to get their names and first names and last names mixed up? Uh, all right, and then Legarius Need talking about traveling with the best wide receivers. One second
4: here. Uh, man, you know, I think I still have more work to do. You know, they're still sleeping on me, so you know, I still got a point to prove.
0: Wasn't it you who went to Steve Spagnuolo and said, hey, I'd like to travel with the...
4: Yeah, we had conversations. You know. that was your kind
0: of suggestion, right? Yeah, we had
4: conversations about it, and he just, you know, just they thought about it, and he told me he was going to let me know.
0: What, what told you you would play well in
4: that? Oh, man, you know, it's, I told Spad just throw me anywhere on the field. I'll play. If it's D-line, or whatever you want to throw me, I'll play. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Again, the quiet confidence, right? Like, he's talking about this now. That's because he's asked. But I love the mindset that Snead has, and you see it when he plays. Like, he is physical. I, you could play him as a almost Drew Tranquil, right? Not quite, because Drew Tranquil still bigger. But as far as, like, he has the versatility to play all over the field. He can get sent on blitzes. You know, again, maybe tackling downhill, straight line, you might have a little little wear, weariness there. But, dude, how many times this year have you seen him blow a tackle? One-on-one on the outside. He locked up Devon H. and Raheem Mostert in the run game for Miami because him and McDuffie, they're such great tacklers. They can get out in space and bring you down. I hope, I hope, 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 hope. Sneeds back next year. We'll see. It's going to be a heartbreak. At least we don't have to worry about that this year. Uh, we'll take a break, come back, finish up with a couple more pieces of audio from Matt Nagy, Home Stretch, ESPN, Kansas City. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything? All once. All right, welcome back to the Home Stretch, ESPN, Kansas City. All right, let's listen to Matt those. Nagy. One, one of the biggest issues the Chiefs have had has been the red zone issues. While the Chiefs look a lot better offensively, the red zone issues reared its ugly head yet again in the Chiefs' victory. Here is Matt Nagy on the red zone
0: issues. It's unfortunate because we feel like, okay, you eliminate turnovers, you eliminate penalties, and now you get in the red zone, let's put up touchdowns. And we've had some games this year where there's been a lot of field goals and and not as many touchdowns uh, when when you need that. There's been some this year where sometimes you you play, you, you don't, I forget what game it was a few weeks ago, but you're not getting touchdowns, but you're chipping away with the the threes. We don't want that. We know we need touchdowns. And so um, we we definitely lock in and focus on not just the execution of the plays that you mentioned, um, but also schematically, what are we doing? How can we do our part to help the players out? Whatever that is, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, But we definitely, we know that we need to be better. and that's going to help our defense out, you know, get more points and, and allow allow them to play complimentary football and um, stay away from field goals. You know, if, we, if we're not going to, if we're not punting, then we need to score. And if we're going to score, let's get touchdowns.
1: But what I thought was a nice transition, which again, I think we're all in agreement of the red zone issues and, and just everything he said there, but he didn't give us a lot. But what... Of, This next audio clip, I think, is a great transition into the thought process. And this one is Matt Nagy talking about don't throw away three.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Probably the biggest thing is it's whenever you have third down and you don't get it and you know you're kicking a field goal, there's always a little bit of everybody. Naturally, you have a little bit of frustration coming off the field because you're getting three. But like you said, if, if you're getting into the red zone, um, whether it's with help by the defense or special teams and or, <clears throat> excuse me, you're moving to football on your own to get there. Red zone drives are important statistically. Uh, now, the, the great teams have red zone drives, a lot of red zone drives with touchdowns, and now that's tough to stop with this defense as well. So, um, yeah, it's great to have field goals. You want one points. But defenses are changing a little bit schematically on what they're doing and that's always a part of this too is like how how are they adapting to what offenses are doing and then what are offenses doing to counter attack that so there's a little bit of everything and we know that we, we gotta in these games you gotta score touchdowns
1: okay and this is why I thought this was fascinating again he keeps talking about touchdowns I, I'm with him but but when he talks about don't throw away three this is what I like to hear Because the Chiefs' defense is so good. The Chiefs' defense is outstanding. They are elite. Three points on a lot of drives is going to be more than what the defense gives up. You're trying to play for 21, 23, 26 points. You might not like to hear it because we're used to the previous Chiefs' offense iterations. But if we're being transparent here, the Chiefs can still win scoring 21, right? So I'm sitting here going... That's great, but don't try and force anything in the red zone. Be smart. Now, in the past, I would have said, you know what, try and try and get something. Try and make a play happen. But what I'm seeing right now from Mahomes specifically, this game against the Dolphins and why I was so enthusiastic, even with the red zone issues, 41 throws, 34 targets, that means seven throwaways. You know what that means? He's not trying to make any dumb decisions. In the red zone. There was no decisions of, it's third and seven. Let's try and force the ball and get a first. You didn't see that. So, yes, that's why I like Matt Nagy saying, don't throw away three. This Chiefs defense, again, they're that good. Previous iterations of the Chiefs, their defense, you had to score seven. You had to. Right now, scoring three a lot of times might just be good enough. Final one, uh, LeJaria Sneed. I don't know if anyone's heard this, but I'm sure you have. Legereus Snead on his thoughts in regards to PFF.
0: There's a little bit of a hubbub up J.J. Watt. been talking about being upset about pro football
4: focuses, grades, you know, they grade players and everything. They and suck. <laughs> have you ever, what's that? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They suck.
1: Three times. They suck. They, they suck. And then the, the last one, under his breath, they suck. Now, again, I think PFF is better than they suck. But if you're using that as your whole thing, that's on you. Come on now.
4: You're, what's that? Face <laughs> okay.
1: up. I love that last one under his breath. Just uh face they suck. They suck. up. Uh, this is the home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Home Stretch KC. Until tomorrow, we are out. Yeah.